Live from WNUR News, I'm Erica Schmidt. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's 6.03 p.m. Central Time. Tonight on WNUR News, why Northwestern? More about NU's college supplement revisions. Beyonce's new film, Renaissance. The Roman Empire on TikTok. And another chilly Fairweather Friends. Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. Why Northwestern? No more. Northwestern admissions revised their supplemental essays. I take a further look into this change. Why Northwestern? To join a club? To paint the rock? To go to Division I games? To get involved in research? This year, the famous question that many students answered in their Northwestern application was replaced. The 2023-2024 undergraduate admissions cycle introduced a revised set of questions. The changes were made in wake of the recent Supreme Court decision, which ruled that race cannot be a consideration in the admissions process to college. Northwestern requires prospective students to complete an essay prompt about which aspects of their background, identity, or community have impacted how they see themselves engaging in the NU community. Associate Dean and Director of Undergraduate Admissions, Liz Kinsey, said that the pandemic, the Supreme Court decision this summer, I think, gave us an opportunity to come together and look at our policies and our processes. And we kind of leaned into that opportunity to add some more, I think, substance and specificity to our questions. Students can also fill out two of the five other optional supplemental essays Northwestern provides. These questions focus more on how a prospective student sees themselves at Northwestern. One question even asks about what a student would paint the rock. Do these changes affect the reviewing process? Kinsey said the committee's review will remain the same as previous years. We'll continue to select students through a holistic review process that considers every applicant in the context of their high school, their community, and their household settings. Kinsey described the new prompts as student-centered. We've designed our prompts to invite responses that go beyond simply documenting where they've been and what they've done in high school. And instead, we're trying to help them connect the dots between past, present, and future, kind of thinking about who they see themselves becoming and how they see themselves growing and contributing in college and beyond. Senior Luca Pasolacqua goes to Miami Senior High in Miami, Florida. He is applying to Northwestern University in this admission cycle as a first-generation college student. Pasolacqua started working on his college supplements in May to get ahead. It gets really competitive and it gets really tiring, where at some point it takes like a physical toll. I did get a good head start, but I'm still very anxious. But Pasolacqua said he likes the changes made to Northwestern's essay questions. I don't have the highest GPA, but if I can get more time to explain why I don't and explain other things I do instead of having a high GPA, it helps my circumstance. And as first generation, it's just the best way to explain like, hey, this is who I am, but there's reasons. Communications junior Victor Criolo is a Northwestern Matriculate Advising Fellow. 
Matriculate is a nonprofit that, quote, connects high-achieving, low-income juniors and seniors to highly trained undergraduate advisors, unquote. He is currently advising two high school seniors applying to college. One connotation that I feel like a lot of students sort of feel is that when you think about Northwestern, you're like, that is such an elite institution. When you think about people who go there, you don't think about people who are first-generation low-income students. You don't think about people who are living like below the poverty line. You think of people who have already been privileged. In light of the affirmative action lawsuit, Criollo said he thinks the recent change in Northwestern supplemental questions is a starting point. I think that is a way for people to really express their own identities, you know, if they chose to do so. But Criollo said that there is more work that needs to be done by Northwestern and other top institutions to ensure a diverse range of students are applying. I think Northwestern's main focus, and not just Northwestern's, but other universities, should be like, how are we going to show these students that you are a strong applicant? And I think the only answer to that would be direct outreach. That would be informational panels and going doing direct outreach because that isn't one way that that message is really going to get across. Northwestern has begun taking those steps. Criollo attended a panel hosted by Northwestern Admissions. They talked to prospective students about QuestBridge, a program for first-generation low-income students to match with schools like Northwestern on full-ride scholarships. We invite you to apply to the National College Match a program that connects the nation's most outstanding students with admission and full scholarships at our partner colleges. I asked Kinsey what's next for Northwestern admissions. I often find myself saying that I wish I had a crystal ball. I started in my role in the fall of 2019 and really could not have imagined then the kinds of changes in the landscape we'd be navigating over the past several years. But I do think that that holistic approach fundamentally equips us to foreground context and the diversity of circumstances students face in a changing landscape. And to ease the mind of any prospective students listening out there, Kinsey offers a few words. Have some fun with the new essay questions. I know that applying to college is a lot of work and can feel very serious and, and maybe even draining, but just have some fun. From WNUR News, I'm Erica Schmidt. Moving on to arts and entertainment. In light of Beyonce's Renaissance tour ending, she announced the Renaissance film coming to theaters on December 1st. Mariah Petway shares the details. When I am performing, I am nothing but free. Beyonce certainly ran the world this summer as she performed in 39 cities across the world for her Renaissance tour. end of her last show in Kansas City, she gave her fans something to look forward to as she announced her new movie, Renaissance, without saying a word. I got to sit in front of her as she puts play on the, on, on the uh, TV screen and said, all right, y'all go ahead and eat this up now. That was Jaden McCarroll, mechanical engineering senior at Northwestern. Like many Beyonce fans, he has seen her in concert more than once and loves her music and artistry, but he is not long awaiting the December 1st release date. He says, I'll see it when I see it. Nassau Community College graphic design student 
and Beyonce fan, Anne-Liz Matthew, had the same response, but for a different reason. She says that during the Renaissance concert, she noticed that many fans were not familiar with Beyonce's older art. Me and my sister were there in the concerts and we just like, we would look around and like people like don't know the words of any songs off of the album. They knew the Renaissance songs, but they don't know any songs older than that. This observation made her hesitant to buy tickets. Beyonce puts out such big and amazing body of works and I know that she put so much thought into all of this work that I want to, I want to take it in and I want to appreciate it the right way. And I feel like doing it in public is not always the right way. Some fans, like David Walker, a communication science disorders and psychology student at Northwestern, said the price was shocking, but he still went for it. Okay, so when I saw the price, it got me. I was like, all right, $28. That's a little iffy because I was expecting like a normal AMC ticket. But I found out that, like, since it's, like, an exclusive type of movie, it's only shown for so long. So I guess, like, to compensate that, it was like, okay. But also, I didn't expect to pay $30 for a ticket. Northwestern academic advisor and five-time Beyonce concert attendee Jasmine Diaz didn't even have time to consider the price. I was at work doing this with, with y'all, uh, advising, and my friends kept blowing up my phone over and over and over. And they were like, they were like, jazz answer, jazz answer. Beyonce is coming out with movie jazz answer. And I was like, and I didn't see it. And I was just like, buy them. I just texted them real quick. I was like, buy them. And so I got them for the day. I think it's uh, like a, a early preview in uh, November 30th. Fans have high hopes for what the movie will show. Jordan Howard, a psychology and American studies student at Northwestern says, like she said, she's been working on this project since like 2020. David Walker hopes we get to see Beyonce's daughter, Blue Ivy, and her perspective as she danced for Beyonce in multiple shows throughout the Renaissance tour. I think we will see it and I hope we see it because seeing like it in the perspective of a 10 year old, it's like, oh my God, this is my mom performing and I have a say in it, you know? Aside from her daughter, the behind the scenes, and the formation of the tour, Muson-cologist and professor at the University of Copenhagen, Eric Stunsbuk, is hoping to see some of the themes he teaches about in his course, Beyonce, Gender, and Race, present themselves in the film. I do think Renaissance is a kind of contemplation about the role of dance, the role of partying, but how that brings together across generations as well. It's sort of a history of dance music from the perspective of both Beyonce and her um, conversational partners. And I do that, that I think seems to have been very highlighted in, in, uh, on the Renaissance tour now. And, and it seems to me, I mean, I follow all the news on Beyonce. I'm the kind of scholar who is slightly obsessed. Um, and, and I could just see in the in the response on the online forums and so on, that she has really managed to sort of get this, the party is important, but partying is also political. It's, it's not just about having fun. It's also about being a community. It's also about remembering ancestors. And, and, and I think that remembering ancestors, being in dialogue with the ancestors, both in sad situations and in fun situations, that is sort of bringing together a lot of uh, Beyonce's work for the last, uh, last uh, six, seven years, I would say. Although fans' expectations vary, 
it is safe to say that they are excited to see what she has in store. And now, time for oddities. If you've been on TikTok lately, there's a good chance you've come across a video of a girl asking her boyfriend how often he thinks about the Roman Empire. The public's fixation with ancient Rome is storied, and John Ferrara gets to the bottom of it. Does that music ring a bell? No? Well, what if I throw this in? Okay, maybe not. But if you've been anywhere near a For You page recently, you've probably seen the viral trend of women asking men how often they think of the Roman Empire. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? What? Do you ever think about the Roman Empire? Do I ever think about the what? The Roman Empire. Babe, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Just in general? Yeah. Those are just a few examples of the trend in action. In any case, it has a grip on TikTok and has left many non-Caesar fanboys wondering, why do people think so much about ancient Rome? It's a worthwhile question and one that I wanted answers to. Naturally, I went and found Professor Taco Terpstra, Northwestern's resident Roman historian. In my interview with him, I hope to get answers about the social media trend and a better understanding about why Roman civilization so easily grabs our society's attention. live in the West, and rightly or wrongly, Greco-Roman history is seen as um, well, kind of the, the crucible in which the West was forged. Now, there's all sorts of things wrong with that idea, but, you know, uh, there's, there's, there seems to be this continuous line from antiquity uh, to us, and I think that is one of the reasons why it has such an appeal. I also probed Terpstra on the themes of Rome and its history that many Westerners find so appealing. Um, gladiatorial games and also the destruction of Pompeii, these are things that have been attracting people from, you know, since forever. It's just something, you know, innately, uh, uh, interesting about those stories, I think. Um, what I do seem to notice, um, is a, a different focus on, uh, on Roman history. Well, sort of the, the, the collapse of Roman power, the disappearance of the Roman world. Um, and that seems to be kind of a theme. And, you know, drawing comparisons with the uh, supposed decline of the United States, uh, the end of its hegemony as a, as a global power. And, of course, I couldn't let him off the hook without gauging how often he thinks his students think about ancient Rome. Well, all the time. Uh, I spend, uh, <laughs> only when I'm in front of them talking about the Roman Empire. But, uh, I, I, I hope a lot. My interview with Professor Terpstra enlightened me on a few concepts. People love gladiator fights, everyone wants to compare the United States and ancient Rome, and even students studying the empire probably aren't thinking about it outside of Terpstra's class. So we know that not everyone thinks about the Roman Empire, but the second facet to the TikTok trend has been people sharing their own Roman empires or their niche interests that they think about a little too much. 
To get a better perspective on the trend from someone who's tapped into social media, I spoke with senior Lily Torres. Torres says she spends a lot of time on social media and has her own take on the Roman Empire. I think of the Roman Empire probably like once a month. And Torres had this to say about what or who her own Roman Empire is. This guy named Guten in Japanese logic puzzles. He is like my Roman Empire in the sense that like I think about who he is, what he stands for, and I want to be him. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? So there you have it, a comprehensive breakdown of why the Roman Empire has become a fixture of people's imagination and how it's become synonymous with people sharing their own hobbies. Oh, and I asked Professor Terpstra what his Roman Empire was, aside from, you know, the actual Roman Empire. Well, I, I'm an economic historian. I mean, this is probably a very boring answer, but, you know, that is what I think about. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I think about that in terms of, you know, the Roman Empire. I think about it uh, outside the Roman Empire. For WNUR News, I'm John Ferrara. Temps are signaling spooky season. Reporter Ava Helsher gives us the updates on this week's Fairweather Friends. Hi, I'm Ava Helsher. Welcome back to Fairweather Friends. Each week, we give you a peek into the local and national weather. Today is my debut on this segment. I can't wait to deliver the latest weather updates to you. From Evanston, Illinois, this is Fairweather Friends. Everyone seems to be talking about the weather this time of year, and recently I've sensed a sharp divide between those who love this week's warmth and those who are wishing for fall. Students were walking around campus like it was a beach school, and I can't blame them. We were graced with highs in the 80s, a gentle breeze, and clear skies. However, the autumn lover's time to shine is upon us. Today's high was in the low 60s, a harsh contrast to the 70s we saw just yesterday. Looking forward, it's definitely time to put your swimsuits away and don a chunky sweater. Temps will be taking a sharp dive from last week's highs in the 80s. You can expect them to hover around the high 50s through the weekend and into next week. Brace yourself for a bit of wind tomorrow. On the bright side, you should see a bit of sun peeking through the cloud coverage and precipitation is unlikely. If you're a student, you've been hearing sniffles in lecture halls for weeks now. As we enter the fall season, it's really time to start thinking about cold and flu prevention. According to the CDC, the best way to reduce the risk of seasonal flu is to get vaccinated each year. Free flu shots are offered at CVS and Walgreens, which have many locations in the Evanston area. Students can also receive their shot at the Northwestern University Student Health Service. Getting your flu shot isn't the only way to prevent illness during the next few months. Here are a few simple tips from the CDC to protect yourself and others from germs. First, avoid close contact. This is of course difficult to do with communal living, but do what you can to create space between yourself and those who may be ill. Second, stay home when you're sick. Yes, it's stressful to miss a class, but your health is worth it. Third, cover your mouth and nose. Don't be that person hacking away in a public space. 
please sneeze or cough into your elbow. Number four, clean your hands. Wash your hands thoroughly and frequently. And if you think you come in contact with germ-covered surfaces often, consider carrying travel-sized hand sanitizer around with you. Number five, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Per my prior tip, if you must touch your face, try to wash your hands before or after doing so. And finally, number six, practice other good health, health habits. This one can be the toughest to attain as a busy college student, but it's well worth the effort. Rest, eat nutritiously, stay hydrated, and find fun ways to be active. Try your best to follow these tips as we enter cold season, and don't forget to get your flu shot. For more in-depth information about flu prevention, visit the CDC or Red Cross websites. That's all for this week's edition of Fairweather Friends. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to pick up a pumpkin spice latte to channel your inner fall lover as the temperature cools down. In Evanston, Illinois, Ava Helsher, WNUR News. Taking a look into the headlines. Former football head coach Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald filed a $130 million lawsuit against Northwestern University and President Michael Schill. This is to seek compensatory damages after the university, university fired him in wake of an investigation that found hazing happened in the football program. Attorneys also said Fitzgerald is seeking amounts in emotional distress and punitive damages. The National Chicago Marathon is this Sunday on October 8th. Over 40,000 elite runners are expected to run this weekend, charging to the finish line in Chicago's Grant Park. New updates on the United Auto Workers strike. The U. AW claimed its strike against the big three U.S. automakers is working. It announced General Motors has made concessions during talks. According to UAW President Sean Fain, Ford is ahead of Stellantis and General Motors on their wage offers to the union. As the strike enters its fourth week, we will keep you updated with the details. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter or X at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website, WNURnews.org. That's WNURnews.org. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producers today are Mika Ellison and Brandon Condritz, and our reporters are myself, Mariah Petway, John Ferrara, and Ava Helsher. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Erica Schmidt. Catch our next newscast next Monday, October 9th at 6 p.m. Happy Friday and back to scheduled programming.